Hello everyone, this is John Asplund, Superintendent of District 205. Thank you for tuning into the Galesburg 205 podcast. We will be talking to many different people within the school district during these podcasts, and this week I'm happy to welcome Dr. Tiffany Springer to the show. Dr. Springer was the principal at Silas Willard, became the district curriculum director, and now is the principal at Silas Willard again. So we're happy here to have Tiffany right in front of us. She's here right now. Welcome, Tiffany. Good afternoon. Thank you. So that's a, a bit of an unusual journey for people, mm-hmm. but just so for anybody out there listening be like, well, what the heck's that about? Why don't you explain what happened? Yeah. So um, as you know, uh, my love for children has not dissipated during these last four years. And one of the things I've enjoyed the most is being able to put resources in teachers' hands so that students have the optimal learning environment and um, all the things we can offer them here at 205. But I've been missing children and leading a team. And, you know, having had the experience at Silas Willard previously, uh, I enjoyed working with that team and uh, was really hopeful to go back if there was an opportunity. Um, And thankfully, the opportunity presented itself um, and I'm able to be back with students. And in fact, I'm doing summer school right now. It was great to welcome the kids off the bus and uh, get everything going for the year. But you haven't taken your hand out of the curriculum environment. So not at all. Explain the additional. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of change depth duties than when you were last principal at Silas. Okay, so in addition to being principal at Silas this year, I'll still be in charge of uh, literacy across the district for K through six. We'll continue with our letters initiative and all of the things that we have focused on literacy. Um, I'm also working with new teacher orientation, uh, making sure that's all taken care of and setting up mentors for new teachers, uh, working with instructional coaches, and I'm assisting with um, the science and STEM um, activities and uh, curriculum across the district. I'll continue to work with some of our Amplify Science resources and working with teachers to best create our quarterly plans um, and, you know, adjust as needed um, as we go throughout the year. So yes, I have several opportunities in curriculum still. So for non-educators out there, quarterly plans, what is the significance of a quarterly plan? Why do we have them? Yeah, absolutely. So a quarterly plan helps us make sure that our standards aligned curriculum is taking place and how we manage that across the year as far as time is concerned. Um, so you'll do a particular unit. It may take two weeks, but that's up to the content involved and right. the, and the curricular resources needed. Um, so teachers and I work together to make sure it's aligned to state standards um, and also has some enriched resources so the students have some hands-on, exciting opportunities to be engaged in the learning. Well, and also for folks out there that may not know, we have about 17% of our kids that bounce between Silas Willard, True. King, Steele. Mm-hmm. So another really important reason for those quarterly plans is to account for that, yes? Yeah, so that's an equitable opportunity. So we want to ensure that if, if a family moves in the middle of October, we're in the same scope and sequence um, as Steele um, or King. Um, so if they go to those other schools, they'll, they'll go right in without a hitch. Right. When you consider 70% of our population on average, yeah. that's, that's a lot of children that are moving from one classroom to another throughout the year. Absolutely. And it's, it's going to be really difficult for that student and that teacher if we don't align those at least a little bit mm-hmm. so that they know each quarter, okay, I have to be doing these things because, uh, because we're going to get new students in, in and out kind of frequently. Yeah, I even think vertically. You know, if I'm a second grader and I'm going into third grade, my third grade teacher knows what I've experienced, what I've been exposed to, and what I'm able to do when they walk in the classroom. Absolutely, absolutely. So there's talk about horizontal articulation, which is making sure each third grade class across the district is doing similar activities, and then vertical articulation so that second grade knows what third grade and fourth grade and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Um, So you also talked about letters. That's a new initiative here, still relatively new. Uh, What what is that all about, and why is that so significant? So I think we have... um, a significant need to ensure that all students are able to read and read proficiently. Um, One of the things um, 
through my research in my curricular um, doctorate program for reading um, was the understanding that not everybody comes out of college prepared to teach reading the same way. They're not all given the same tools and resources. So how do we ensure that every reading teacher in Galesburg has access to the best information based on research? Um, so one way to do that was to ensure that we provide everybody the same training. Um, so last year we did volume one, which focused on kind of how the brain takes in literacy um, and how students best learn to read. Um, and then this year we'll focus on vocabulary and writing um, and some other components. But essentially it's a two-year PD that's brought to teachers. Um, they've done a significant amount of work. We've seen a lot of changes in the classroom as far as teachers implementing this and finding some great success with students. Um, so I'm really thrilled to see what that will bring to us here in this year and the following. So then obviously every year we get new teachers. So if the teacher is brand new this year or next year, how have you planned to have that training go on in perpetuity? So we have currently four cohorts that are moving into volume two. We have a new cohort for, we call it cohort five uh, this year that are all brand new teachers or teachers that have transitioned between positions within the district. They might be a returning teacher, but new to this position. They're in volume one um, and actually August 1st through 4th, which is next week, we're gonna have training so that both the teachers and the, tra and the transfer teachers have access to units one and two prior to starting school. So it'll be kind of a preview, um, but we'll be able to help them set up their classroom, have the understanding of what literacy looks like in those foundational skills. Uh, but we're also providing them resources to purchase materials um, and manipulatives for reading as they go in to set up that classroom. Right, but then we also have, we're getting trainers here within the district, right? Yeah, so um, I've had at least five uh, teachers trained as facilitators. So I have instructional coaches, interventionists, classroom teachers trained to facilitate. So we have our own in-house training um, and we're actually letters licensed to do that facilitation only in Galesburg, uh, but that will help build that internal capacity. Right. So for any aspiring teacher out there that wants to uh, learn how to, to teach reading the right way, if you're interested in, in a position, uh, you know, make sure you're looking at District 205 because Absolutely. we have in-house training that we can provide that you know, in real time and any time because we have people here that are trained to be those trainers, which is really important. Absolutely. Um, so um, your doctorate, you just finished your doctorate in what was the month? When did you actually become Dr. Springer? Um, it was October. So October of 21, so less than a year ago, mm -hmm. you became Dr. Springer. For those out there that don't understand the doctoral process, why don't you walk us through how, how did you get from um, your last degree to this one. What did that work entail? So my doctorate is in educational leadership. So I completed a doctoral program at Western Illinois University. It took about two and a half years. I was going pretty quickly through the coursework, taking larger loads um, and then writing the dissertation, which ended up being just over 230 pages long, focused on the science of reading, which is why there's a passion there. And I parallel that with the, my work and curriculum. Um, I would say, <laughs> I don't know, I, I wouldn't say the journey was easy, but I would say, you know, have a little bit of perseverance in me. If it's easy, you wouldn't appreciate it. That's right. Um, and I'm also a first generation grad, so the opportunity to take it all the way to the finish line for my doctorate was something that I was really excited to do and, you know, thankful for the family support. So how did you do the research though? Who were you researching? Oh, so I was researching teachers who just came out of college. So I was looking at essentially the confidence level to teach literacy in K-1. Uh, based on the preparation programs in undergraduate school. So did they feel like the coursework within undergrad or the field experience within an undergrad program 
you know, prepare them the best? Or was it a combination of those factors? Was there something missing? Um, all of that was great. I mean, I got to go across the state of Illinois and interview teachers across um, the South. You know, I even had some Chicago area teachers, um, Central Illinois. But then I also did a survey, a mass survey that went out to the state of Illinois as well to get capture some more data and really evaluate the findings. And this is a short podcast, so we're not going to get into all the chapters of your dissertation, but in general, what were the findings then as you interviewed all these folks? So the findings actually supported the national research on undergraduate preparation programs in the area of literacy. Several people never had the experience and never um, took courses that allowed them to understand the process of reading and what the research says. In fact, several of them didn't even have resources that aligned when you look back at the resources um, to the research behind reading instruction. Uh, and the other piece was uh, that I didn't think I would find was that the writing is simply absent from any kind of undergraduate preparation coursework, uh, their opportunity. And the placements and field experience are kind of haphazard in that they're not specifically designed that a, that a teacher may specifically see reading when they go into a classroom to observe or to partake in that kind of, I don't know, vicarious experience. So you've obviously helped construct a process here that would, that would address those concerns. So for those teachers, and we have people in various stages of completion of the program, mm -hmm. uh, but we did have some very early adopters. So for those earliest of adopters who are now really going into year three mm -hmm. of, of letters, what's been the feedback from those teachers? The feedback I've received is that the planning is less intense because we know exactly what we're doing in the progression, um, that the student growth is greater, and that uh, it's really encouraging to see the growth of the students in their classroom when they've taken this on and fully adopted um, the research and the new methodology. Well, that's really exciting and, and you know, really seeing that we are at the at the forefront of, of this emerging research mm -hmm. um, that really talks about how the brain works and how students learn to actually begin reading what, whatever language it may be. Obviously, mm -hmm. we're focusing on English, but uh, it's really exciting that, we, that we've been able to take part in that and, and that you've done so much work for that. And we're really, we're really thankful for that. So, uh, well, we've gotten to our minimum amount of time. So I just want to make sure that we get to, uh, you know, hear a little bit about, we've talked a lot about your professional, but, you know, tell us a little bit about your background. Where'd you come from? Uh, where'd you grow up? All the things that, that people here would want to know about you. So I'm a Galesburg girl, born and raised. Um, I graduated Galesburg High School in 1999. I went to Monmouth College, got my bachelor's in elementary ed and middle school endorsement in English. Uh, I taught at Rova my very first year. Uh, and then I came to Galesburg after I, I had student taught actually previous to Rova, but I student taught in Galesburg, came back and actually had the third graders in fifth grade that I had in my student teaching experience. Oh. I then went on to Lombard and taught seventh grade English for a couple of years and became the assistant principal there as well. Uh, then I tried to venture out outside of Galesburg because I'd always been here and I thought, you know, let's try this in another community. Worked at Orion Middle School with the principal there for four years. An opening came up back in Galesburg at Silas and I joined there. Um, had a great experience there and then spent the next four years um, as curriculum director um, and back at Silas now. But personally, um, I have my husband, Chad, he runs a company here in town. Um, it's a family owned company that's been here for several years. Um, I have three high schoolers. Un I mean, it's just unbelievable at this point that I have a ninth grader and twin 11th graders, Madison, Abigail and Olivia. Incredibly busy, whether it's music, the girls just got back from a missions trip. 
Uh, we have basketball camp, volleyball camp, all of the things. I feel like a taxi cab driver, but soon two of them will have licenses. And wow. I don't know if that scares me more than the taxi driver. Ah, you'll so, love it. You'll love but, it. But yeah, that's a little bit about me. Okay. Well, uh, as I said, we've reached our time and I really uh, am thankful that we have Dr. Springer working for us here at District 205 and I'm happy that you were able to come in today. Thank you. Thank you for having me.